Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. episode contains minor spoilers for Six of Crows, King of Scars, and Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, The Kingmaker by Kennedy Ryan, Kingdom of the Wicked by Carrie Mascalo, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, and The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by B.E. Schwab. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Today is a fun, special episode. We have a special guest on today. Uh, Special guest, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello. My name's Jordan. (laughs) And if any of you have listened to some of our other podcasts, we actually were on her podcast, Books to Last. So go check out that episode. It was a lot of fun. Basically, if we were on a deserted island or place of our choosing, rather, and we had five books to read for basically the rest of our lives, what would those five books be? So um, it was a really fun episode. We had a great time. So thank you for joining us today. We're very excited to have you on the, the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really very excited. I mean, we had, a yeah, like I say, we had a lot of fun recording uh, your episode for my podcast. And yeah, it's just always great <laughs> to talk to, talk to you guys. It's just, yeah. Say hi and chat again. It's like so surreal. We're like, hey, person, we've never seen a person, but it's nice to like talk to you again and like chat on the internet. <laughs> Um, so today's episode, we're going to do kind of like books to last, but we'll just do our top three reads of 2021. So we're going to kind of discuss those and just go over why they're our top reads. Cause I feel like this has been a dramatic year and everybody has binged, uh, quite a few different, really good books. So yes. that's what today's I- episode's going to be about. <laughs> even though we were promised that it was supposed to be less dramatic than last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've, I'm just plowing through more books because of, uh, I haven't have recovered from 2020 still. Yeah, the anxiety and the trauma. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to continue to live in these fantasy worlds. Yeah. Can't I'll face say. reality yet. I've stopped referring to it as 2021. I just refer to it as 2020, the sequel. <laughs> that <laughs> is so wise. <laughs> I can't believe the year is like almost over and everybody's still like, yeah, you remember last year when all this happened? And it's like, no, it's still happening. Like it's, it's, it's keeping oh, no. on, keeping on. We're still yeah, in the thick of it. Like literally my brain is like last year wasn't 2019. Like things that happened in 2019 didn't happen last year. Oh, I, I see. <laughs> it's been two years. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I feel the <laughs> exact same. I'm like, yeah, last year I did. That's last year. I did nothing. Last year was nothing. <laughs> that's so true well we asked all of our guests on here to share their favorite series their favorite standalone and their favorite book boyfriend so we'll let you share away okay so favorite series um was a really really difficult one because I tend to read series I mean standalone was actually incredibly easy because um to my knowledge I don't really think I've read many standalones at all and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the um so the, the the pool was quite small series was more difficult um I've tried I tried to limit it to just finished ones because I felt like you know an unfinished series has a question mark over the end of it uh so yeah I'm denied over a lot of different ones but I ended with Percy Jackson the Olympians by 
Rick Riordan because which I've always said Rick Riordan but I've heard a lot of uh, American people call him Rick Riordan on the internet and I'm going to trust their expertise with that over me because (laughs) he is American so um, yeah that's I think I had to go with Percy Jackson because when I was looking at my bookshelf they are by far the oldest books on my shelf they are very well-loved paperbacks that I have read many many times Uh, they were the series that kind of made me love reading in a really big way they were the first series that I binged um I'd saved up my money to go and buy them myself from the bookstore that kind of thing I just adore it um if you were feeling generous I would probably add all the spin-off series that he's ever written in the same world (laughs) and just call them one big series but um I don't want to be greedy so I'll stick with the original uh five but uh, yes, they, even though I hate the covers that I have because I've seen the American ones and I know they're nicer, I cannot get rid of this five, these five specific copies. So yes, that's the favorite series. My favorite standalone, um, I believe we actually briefly discussed on my podcast because I threw a bit of a spanner in the works for, for Kirsten's list. It's for, it was actually The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumas. I had to check because I know there have been sequels written, but they're all ghost written sequels, so they don't count. I do not I do not register them in my headcanon <laughs> that, it, and it is listed as a standalone book in all of the lists I've been able to find of Dumas is a ridiculous catalogue of books like (laughs) it is a ridiculously large list I recently got a copy it's like a small book that he wrote very towards the end of his career and um, it said something like oh you know not many people can say they've written 225 (laughs) books and I was just like 220 because he used to write plays as well he's just prolific but yeah The Count of Monte Cristo epic is just is the only word to describe it so that's my favorite standalone wish there was a sequel but you know you can't beggars can't be choosers <laughs> and uh book boyfriend had a long time to think about this one because <laughs> of your episode on book boyfriends uh and again even though i had a lot of newer one contenders more more contemporary contenders Uh, and Percy Jackson definitely was my first like book crush because I read it him at such a formative age and he's just perfect in every way um (laughs) I did feel like I needed to maybe pick someone more age appropriate for myself although to be fair I think Percy Jackson is my age these days which is kind of depressing um (laughs) in in a slight way um I think I ended up going, yeah, I ended up landing on Will Herondale because I just, yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I just love him too much. I mean, Infernal Devices was one of my contenders for favorite series, uh, but I just, I think Percy Jackson just edged it out. But Will Herondale was like my first obsession <laughs> when it came. I 100% to- support that. Yeah, he just he's just lovely. I mean, Jem is lovely as well in his own way, but Jem Jem would be a lovely friend to have when you were married to adult Will Herondale, who is a wonderful man and wonderful husband. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I landed with those three. It was quite difficult. And yes, there were I love that. Runners up, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for all three categories, there were runners up, but uh yeah, that's where I ended. 
That is perfect. I am obsessed with all of those answers. That's so funny. I feel like we get really wrapped up too. Like, you know, all the books we've read in the last like two years of things that are popular and you're like, okay, so this is just like who I am now. And this is my new favorite series. And you forget about all the ones you've like read previously and all that stuff. And you're like, yeah, Wait. there was a whole childhood where I was obsessed with Percy well, Jackson. Was, <laughs> yeah. And it was like a lot of I've read like a lot more romance in recent years as well and I mean obviously the characters in those books are kind of designed to fit that role whereas um characters like Will and Percy and even I mean Kaz Brecker from Six of Crows they're not actually I mean even though they're the sort of designated love interests for a lot of the characters in the book they're not designed for that purpose they have personalities I suppose outside of that um so I think that's why I kind of ended up with them although I mean (laughs) yeah um there was a few names from uh Bridgerton and uh the kiss quotient that made it in there but yeah they they didn't didn't quite edge out uh, yeah, Will yeah. Herndale, who's been an enduring love of mine for many, many years. Because, <laughs> like, you're right. They all have their own personalities. So it's like, mm. here I am. <laughs> this is yeah. me now. And, and I think yeah. I think Will Herndale as well is, like, he... Strange, very, very strange, because, like, I didn't think I necessarily had a type, especially when it came to like fictional men, I suppose. Right. Always. Um, but then I kind of realized he's very much in the same wheelhouse as most of the characters I tend to gravitate towards. Like I was always, I mean, me and my husband have watched like um Gilmore Girls, and he is big for Team Logan. My best friend is Team Dean, and I've always been Team Jess from like day one <laughs> and it kind of summarizes all three of us in yeah <laughs> your like choices Very, we have yeah. this debate a lot where like Kirsten loves a good morally gray man and I'm like give me like Simon Lewis like Will Herondale just a nice like generally <laughs> a golden retriever just a good guy See, no, that's so I'm, surprising. I never would have considered Will Herondale um not I consider him very morally gray because he he isn't ass for like a yeah, good yeah, portion definitely. of those but series. like for the people that he loves he's like 100 <laughs> dedicated and it's just like that guy that's like oh what a sweet nice guy who like leaves you presents and you know that kind of thing oh yeah dedications and books yeah. that's all i want in a relationship yeah that, that's it that's the only that's, that's the only criteria I but i think uh i think i kind of actually saw will heron and most of the characters that i probably had on my list tend to get um, put on a list titled um, "Toucher and I ki- I'll Kill You" fantasy characters. I think that's. I think that might be it. I don't know because they're kind of not great people, except for the people they care about most yeah, of the time. That's fair. So yeah, it's all fair. about the morally great men. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's my wheelhouse. <laughs> see, in my head, I just see Will as the guy who like leaves her books and like says really cute quotes, and all the other character flaws of him, I just ignore. Yeah, Tessa gets Tessa does get to see a very very different yeah. Will than everybody else gets to see. Although I kind of always miss Will from the first book in the Infernal Devices because when he's winding up the Lightwood Brothers, yeah, <laughs> and just generally making fun of everyone is just it's just amazing. Iconic. I just yeah yeah it's just hilarious. I think. <laughs> him one is it's Gabriel yeah him one Gabriel is like there's like one specific passage where Jim has to pull him into a carriage before he gets himself um with a broken nose it's just amazing so yeah (laughs) big Will Herondale fan over here same 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 
<laughs> Perfect. Well, we could get into the meat of the episode here. So we will start with our favorite reads of 2021. Do you guys want to start us off? Yeah, Jordan, why don't you, yeah. why don't you start us off? So I've been quite lucky this year. I mean, there are some books that definitely didn't get great ratings from me. And then I had quite a lot of five stars. So it was kind of difficult for me to narrow it down. Several of the five stars were also nonfiction. So I decided not to bring those up because like, that's just boring. Who wants to hear about that? So um, <laughs> I will probably start off with uh, Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo because I read that for the first time this year I actually read it after an episode of my podcast um one of our guests had it on their list and they just sold it to me so well that I immediately was like okay I'm gonna just start reading this now so I did have a copy I think I got the ebook because I just sort of get through them quicker and I just really 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 enjoyed it um it just it it kind of gets it deserves all the hype it gets (laughs) It really does. Absolutely. It's so, oh, <laughs> so good. We, we love we love the crows. Like, yeah, how can you not dregs. love the crows? <laughs> still yeah. haven't read the second one. I still oh haven't read the second one. Oh my gosh. Because yeah. I think we talked about it and you both scared me too much. And now I don't want to pick it up because I'm really, <laughs> I'm really upset. And I don't, I'm preemptively upset about what's going to happen because oh. of how the set first one ended. So I am going yeah. to read it because I've got, I think I've got the audio book. And I've got the special sort of edition, Ooh. so I could listen to that and read it. But um, I'm starting to get a bit hesitant with audiobooks and fiction because I'm reading uh, Skyward by Brandon Sanderson at the moment mm-hmm. by audiobook. And the narrator is very talented. She's wonderful with everyone except the main character. I hate the way she voices the main character. <laughs> and it's just ruining the main character for me in a big way. Yeah, we just had this talk. We did Gods and Monsters from the Serpent and Dove series. And I listened to it on audio and Kirsten like read it and listened to it. And yeah, the, the narrator for Lou is really good. And the narrator for Reed is not really good. Not great. <laughs> not great. I'm buddy reading it with a friend in Germany. And literally I, when I was sort of, we sent voice notes to each other. And when I was trying to describe why I dislike the way she voices her so much, I was like, the only way I could possibly describe it is if somebody who was not British was and she is she is a British woman so I don't understand why it but if somebody who was not British was trying to put on a very fake very Oliver Twist-esque London schoolboy British accent (laughs) and it's for a female 17 year old character so she just sounds very immature a lot of the time but yeah that was a tangent but uh yeah so I don't know if I'm gonna read Crooked Kingdom because even though I've got the audiobook I'm scared that it's it's so good give the wrong voices yeah yeah I like Crooked Kingdom better than Six of Crows I personally Crooked Kingdom is my favorite of the duology it is so so good but like heartbreaking (laughs) well I'd be interested to listen to the audio and see what they they do with all of them yeah, I think the way they set it up at the end of Six of Crows, I am preparing for emotional turmoil. But I, yeah, I loved Six of Crows. It's very much like uh, one of my other favorite series, uh, the Gentleman Bastard sequence, that it's got, you know, your group of thieves. They're kind of the underdogs of the gang culture that they happen to live in. It's in quite a 
atmospheric city. So like um, Lies of Lot Lamora is set in like a Venice-esque fantasy city, whereas uh, Six of Crows is sort of Amsterdam-esque fantasy city so they're very sort of iconic places and then they I like the heists because they always come off really like clever just mainly because I think I'm probably just not smart enough to, to think of them myself um <laughs> and yeah I just I really enjoy the characters and I enjoyed yeah just the dynamics that they produce it's just really really good so I agree who's your favorite Oh, it's probably Kaz, and I know it shouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> That's so funny. I just, the thing is, it's, to me, reading it, it was so obvious that he was obviously emotionally broken because yeah. no one could ever act the way he does if he wasn't emotionally broken. Yeah. And I couldn't understand why, like, the, some of his reactions to things, is like his whole phobia with, like, like skin on skin contact I was like yeah hard same mate and I don't even have the reason you have like I'm just <laughs> I'm like that just yeah don't touch me it's really just super simple <laughs> um but I just I was just like yeah and so I really just liked his character because again even aside all that he still has all the quips and then I highlighted a, a quote in my kindle book which i wish i had in front of me now but it's after they've just got on the boat to leave and obviously an edge hurts and they've found the person partially responsible and he uh it says something just like oh you know my wraith would pl- uh, plead mercy but because of you she's not here to and he basically just like just chucks him overboard kills him doesn't really give him any mercy was and i just remember when i read it i was just i was just like that I was like that that, that, that is already cemented <laughs> I was just like, I was just like yeah that. that I was like I was like okay so that quote is basically cemented that this is going to be one of my favorite books of this year that is that like and I'm only what 30 40 percent of the way through <laughs> and I was like yeah okay sounds sounds about right and then it just got better from there so <laughs> so true you're like that'll do it that's the one <laughs> yep that's yep, so yep. Funny. I love that it's pretty great yeah what about you Kirsten what's on your list Okay, I am going to start with Serpent and Dove is going to be my first one I'm going to start with. So this was actually the first kind of my, I guess, introduction into like the bookstagram made me buy it, book talk made me buy it, realm of things. Our first book episode that we did, I just, I love Serpent and Dove. I love Lou so much. We, we just, or we just finished Blood and Honey and Gods and Monsters. And I just like, was so happy to be back in that world and just like, I miss like Lou and Reed and like the whole group and all of them. And yeah, I just, I love Serpent and Dove. I think the storyline is so good. I feel like it's, it, it can be very relatable in the fact of like, you know, running from things that you fear and people trying to force you being like either being good or being the hero or whatever. And you're just like, that's just like, not me. And I don't feel that. Or, you know, all these things that Lou goes through and her kind of turmoil and her kind of character arc. And I feel like she out of all of the characters in the series was the one that kind of remained the same throughout the entire series. And her and Reed's relationship loved, love Ansel with everything. I love Ansel so much. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It just, it was one of those, it's, I think it's kind of going to be one of those comfort reads for me. Definitely. Also going to be kind of a nostalgic read for me as well, just because it was our first book episode. It was my first 
dive into the bookstagram world and it kind of kicked off that love for bookstagram and started that journey so yeah serpent and dove for sure i i loved it, it was so fun funny I like that for you have you read Serpent and Dove no I have not read Serpent and Dove it's one of those again I've seen it so much on Bookstagram but I mean I've seen it I want to say I've seen it fairly recently it probably is several years old but I tend to wait until a book is you know seven years old when I've seen it on (laughs) Instagram um just be I don't know why it takes me so long to get to them because I'll I'll see the release and half the time I pre-order them so I have all the copies when they come out not this one in particular it's not an author that I've read before um but I've heard so much about I want to get the cover up because it's bothering me that I can't remember it <laughs> yeah so this was her debut Serpent and Dove was her debut novel so yes. yeah this is like her first series yeah um, the series is finished though so that is good so yeah it's a, it's a full series well it's three books ah, so. so I don't have an excuse not to binge it. <laughs> 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 yeah, just came out like a month ago so yeah there's the that. last one just came out but um no it's really good yeah, um Serpent and Dove of the three Serpent and Dove was my favorite and again it's just for me it's just going to be a nostalgic read and a comfort read and these comfort characters I just love them all so much and so um and the storyline was just so fun and so fun to read and so fun to experience um yeah I just also Lou is just like everything I love Lou like I mean of the we were talking about Six of Crows earlier like Nina is my favorite so like Mm. Nina and Lou are pretty close (laughs) on the spectrum of like personality so um Lou is a Enneagram 7 I'm an Enneagram 7 so it's just meant to be you know it's just just is what it is so uh Serpent and Dove is my first my first choice yeah, I mean Nina. Nina's always a good is a good analogy. I although to be fair, whenever I think of Nina, I just think, oh God, you could do so much better than Matthias. <laughs> but- <laughs> we do love Matthias, though. It's just more. To- yeah, I just. I'm. We're not going to go back onto Six of Crows, but yeah, it's just whenever I read it, I'm just like, you could have anyone, girl. Just like. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. that's fair. I yep. I also it's feel fair. that way but it's but fine, also you know, broken men and their broken hearts all of yeah. that it, you know he was but he was failed by the system it's not his fault um <laughs> oh, that's hilarious I agree um yes yeah that kind of I mean that brings me to my first choice my one that I picked would be King of Scars by Lee Bardugo so which neither of you have read it a, a, a large population of people haven't read it but this one is Nikolai Zoya and Nina and like a little bit of Genya and David um, mm-hmm. in this one. But I think for me, Nikolai is like my favorite from the whole series. Like him and Jesper are my favorite. And this one is so much about him. But without the like shadow and bone ugh, that it is like as a series. <laughs> and I think she did such a good job. Like she, I say she developed so much as a writer in Six of Crows. But in, in, King, of, in King of Scars and Rule of Wolves, like the banter is really there. It's super funny, but it's also a lot more of the like magical element to it. And the Grisha and all of that kind of stuff. And you get more magic in that one and witty banter. And it ends on like such a good cliffhanger. There's some really, really emotional parts in it. And I just think it was like, oh, so good. So King of Scars, that's probably mine. On the okay. Kirsten cry spectrum, would I cry? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> there, yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal. Well, Nina's in there. So I probably <laughs> would cry. Yeah, I would, I would cry yeah. It's like effect. the best combination of Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows. 
because it's some of the characters you get both (laughs) yeah you get a little bit of both and like I think she grew so much as a writer that the the witty banter and like the really good character development that you get in Six Mm. of Crows comes from these like Grisha characters well I guess Zoya and Nina as like the Grisha and Kenya and stuff and yeah it's the same three like uh three POVs and all that kind of stuff and so yeah I don't know it's just it's so good I think I am probably likely to read them before I watch it. I think I'll probably end up reading it first just because I know if I watch it, I probably won't read it because I'll already know what happens and then it'll just go down in the priority list. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a quick read. And I think you get like more perspective and you're not gonna have to like wait for the seasons to come out either because there are three books in the first book or the first season, just the first book. So you would have to like read the other two to understand where Nikolai comes from and all that because he doesn't show up till the second one. So, but I recommend you making it through Crooked Kingdom, get those ones done and do King of Scars because I feel like a ton of people, this is just how I feel about Lee Bardu in general, but like everybody owns her books, but everybody hasn't read them all. Yes. So well, they're very pretty books. Like the trilogy yeah. set that I've got for <laughs> the Grisha trilogy is very nice. Yeah. And the, the King of Scars <laughs> one is beautiful. Like yeah. the hardcovers are really pretty. Just the, the like mass market ones. So mm. Yeah, I recommend it. It's a great series. What's your second book on the list? Right. Um, I will go to a different genre now, I think. It's one that I just really felt like I had to mention. And honestly, I think I read it because another book I read this year, um, it was a romance book. And one of the characters did something that I hate. And they did um, reading list for another one of the characters that actually cited real life books that were written by other people and but the list was solid like it was a really good list of recommendations and one of them just based on how they sort of described it um really caught my eye so I ended up looking it up and it was a sequel so I was like oh I'm gonna read the first one first and the first one is the one that I preferred the most and it's the Kingmaker by Kennedy Ryan I've heard about these. I have not read them, but I've heard about them. Yeah, so I had never heard of them. And I don't know why I was drawn to it, I suppose, just because I I really don't, because it's not my usual read. And the description, again, I don't actually know what made me download the sample to my Kindle, um, but I did. And it's really... I felt I had to I felt like I had to bring it up because even though I don't love I don't think it's perfect um I really really enjoyed it because I found it very different from a lot of romances that I've read recently because um to be really really honest when I'm reading romance the plot is like not even in my top five reasons for why I read it um might not even be top 10 so I accurate (laughs) yeah so like it's not I don't read it for that I don't read it for it to be a well-researched book I don't read it for you know a lot of the things that I read other books for but even though the main sort of driver in the book is the romance between Maxim and Nyx it actually deals with a lot of sort of serious issues it talks about um, like Nix is a Native American living on a reservation in America, and I think I think she lives in Oklahoma. I want to say, but she um, <laughs> I can't because they go to a lot of different places in the book. So that's and I've only read it once, so that is why my memory is not great. Um, but 
it's a really interesting one because it also deals with politics and <laughs> climate activism and <laughs> climate change because essentially she is an activist and she does protests and stuff uh, to stop um oil pipelines being put on native lands and then maxim happens to be the son of the a man who owns the biggest oil company <laughs> in america obviously because that's what happens and um, but he is you know got a conscience and he doesn't agree with all that and he wants to go into climate active change and all this sort of stuff they're here but they're they're both really interesting characters in their own right and it's definitely it's like a second chance they meet when they're both quite young and then they sort of go their separate ways and then it's a 10 years later moment which was I wasn't super chuffed with the 10 years later because I was like 10 years is too long half that five years <laughs> um but either way I really 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 enjoyed the story and I also didn't expect even though I knew it was a duology I didn't expect it to end where it did because it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger and even though a lot of the stuff that happens in it is extraordinary and if you were actually being really really honest about it it probably wouldn't happen like you know there's a presidential candidate and all this sort of stuff like it deals with a lot of what ifisms I mean it's like what if the world wasn't maybe as terrible as it is because I mean I feel like a lot of it is wishful thinking in what actually happens in the book but it's just really well done I find and I even though I've read the second one and the second one is also very good um I think I just preferred the first one because I always prefer the first one because everything's tidier in the first one and and sad things happen in the second one that I didn't expect them to do and I, it made me very sad so <laughs> um <That is> so funny <laughs> yeah there's like st stuff happens in the second one I was like I was like whoa was not expecting us to go there right okay this is this is where we are and I didn't I didn't necessarily feel, even though it kind of does make sense by the time you get to the end of it I didn't necessarily feel like they were 100% true to the characters. But then again, what do I know? This author knows these characters better than I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just felt that the way it's sort of handled and dealt with actually very, very serious issues, um, whilst also being romance, it was by whilst also being a, you know, a smutty romance novel. And, <laughs> and like, I was just like, it was just like, that's really impressive. I feel like I have to give props where props are due. So I, um, really really enjoyed it and I thought it was yeah really good read and a recent one as well I read that last month so there really is a third it. one about the best friend that I'm gonna probably read at some point yes but uh it was marketed as a duology so yeah, <laughs> I only we read love the duology good, we love a good like enemies to lovers like Romeo and Juliet-esque like forbidden love situation <laughs> like we love that yeah we always love also good romance recommendations. I don't think we do it enough. Oh. We're not, we haven't made it to smut talk yet. <laughs> not yet, but we'll get there. We'll get there one sure. day. <laughs> I am trying to be <laughs> better about talking about it because it's not like I, it's kind of weird because I used to not put like romance novels on my Goodreads from probably internalized shame point of view but like it's complete like I, I just have to keep telling myself that it's completely normal and there's so many really amazing people on sort of like there's like so many booktubers and bookstagram people that I uh, think and they sort of talk so openly and freely about all of the books in detail that they read and I'm just like good for you I'm gonna aspire for that <laughs> we love that we love that yeah I 
I love, I mean, Tot as well. We both have many romance novels. So I've like, not gotten into the new genre though, because like my romance novels, I, I'm sure we've said this, but my romance novels are like Western romance and there's not a lot of smut in them. It is mm. just the romance because they were written in like, I don't know, 2001. <laughs> so it wasn't like a thing. And, and like, I haven't gotten I guess, that before sex existed was like acceptable <laughs> yeah there's like one smutty scene total if that but it's really just about a cowboy winning a cowgirl it's hard or whatever you know what I mean like it's just it's just about a cowboy like sweeping a city girl off her feet that it's that's about... what I read <laughs> yeah. it's, the, it's the part in Mamma Mia where she's reading a, a mom's diary and it's yeah. dark, dark, dark. <laughs> dark, dark, dark. <laughs> that's what Eight I read o'clock. so I haven't like gotten into this yet and I'm like I, I agree with you. I like I see these other girls and I'm like, maybe I need to like read these and give my reviews, but I just haven't. Uh, I'm still I, the yeah. romance part of the romance novels. Well, Bridgerton is another series that I've actually, I read all the Bridgerton books this year and they are, they're, they're all up as honorable mentions. Te- well, most of them. There's a few that I wasn't as fond of as others, but um, <laughs> uh, I did have some of them as like honorable mentions, but like Bridgerton, I was expecting them to be like that because they're set in Regency. Well, set in Regency England, they're, they're yeah His, historical accuracy was not on the top three priorities for writing these books but, <laughs> <laughs> but I was really expecting them too and then they weren't and and I actually almost think that that is the way it the way smut is written in those books is actually probably worse than <laughs> modern books because they can't use a lot of the words yeah. <laughs> that are used. And I just I just think it's hilarious what is subbed in sometimes because it's sometimes just you just sometimes reading it is just comedy because it's just a choice. Because it's like, wow, that is so that's that's the okay, that's that's the direction. That's the language we're gonna use. <laughs> that's the language okay. you're gonna go for. That's what we're going with. Cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I read a lot of uh like I read a lot of Sherilyn Kenyon. She does a lot of like paranormal romance and like sci-fi stuff like that. I just finished her Dead Man's Cross series, which is like pirates. It's so great. It's so good. I love that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm all about that. But I've been also sucked into this world of contemporary romance as well lately. So yeah, it's always is, interesting. Is this the illustrated animated cover romance genre? That is this is this what we're considering the the modern day romance genre. Yeah, yeah I would, I, the ones that are more like palatable for people to have out in, in public. No, that's more yeah, like, the, I would the, say. The classic, the classy cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm more of the like half naked man on the front of the book kind of romance. That's like, for me, that's like part of the experience well, of like reading a romance novel is like, that I don't is know. why the majority of them aren't available in paperback on Amazon. You can just get them as Kindle books. Like that's, that's why. <laughs> yep. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I haven't gotten into modern romance yet, but I this, this might put me on the track. Also love <laughs> historical romance. Anything with yeah. like a half-naked man in a kilt is like, sends me over the edge. Right. <laughs> and this is why I don't understand why When He Was Wicked is not one of your favorite is not your favorite Bridget. It is. It's one of my top ones, but I just love Sir Philip. I just love him so much. Like, I love him One so of the covers actually does has, ta- has tartan on it. I know, I know that. I I appreciate the cover, but I still love my giant plant nerd. I will always love him. Uh, yeah, I just, I think, I mean, I the kiss quotient in that sort of trilogy. I, I love that series. I heard that's that a really one's great really one. Good. Well, this is the thing. Um, 
So apparently it's had a lot of criticism because they, they're criticizing the author because they don't think that it should be classified as romance. It should be classified as women's fiction um, because apparently it takes a very different tonal choice to the first two books, which, um, and she ended up apologizing about it on Instagram. And I wanted to just go and find her and hug her and tell her that she didn't need to apologize for anything because people can bring their expectations to a book, but it's their problem <laughs> what they are. And um, either way, I. I love the first two in the series and it deals with like um, ASD, so uh, autistic spectral disorder and that sort of thing, which again, I suppose, I don't know, all of my favorite, I suppose, romance novels have that other element of, I suppose it's what separates something that is, to, because I read a lot of stuff that has absolutely none of that other element and it's literally just based in one state and that is the name of <laughs> the series and that's just enough that's enough that's the overarching theme and there's not really much difference between a lot of the characters and that's like fine um but then the ones that sort of really stand out are things like Kennedy Ryan because I just was just really it just really took me by surprise considering it was sort of a completely off the cuff recommendation that I found in another Kindle like another another romance book which again wasn't bad it just wasn't it just wasn't amazing I suppose as thingy but it was it was in that as a recommendation I was like I took a bit of a chance on the recommendation because usually I only take recommendations from like trusted I've known this person or followed this person on the internet for 10 years <laughs> and I trust the books that they recommend me so yeah bit of a uh, a surprise but a good one that's always fun when it's like a you're kind of surprised by it. yeah yeah it's an unexpected like so that's always always wonderful I feel like I've gotten a lot of that recently thank you the same <laughs> yeah same. so what is your second one Kirsten so sticking with the Lee Bardugo trend um I, but I'm gonna go off off script with the Grishaverse I'm going with Ninth House because Ninth House is everything I this speaking of books that surprise that surprise you um this one I did not expect to love as much as I did um just I mean the story behind it and the characters are so, I mean, they're just, they're so amazing. They're just so real and relatable. And like, you just feel for them in so many ways and the fantasy element to it and the kind of dark academia element to it. Um, Alex is amazing. Dawes, Darlington, love Darlington. Um, all of them, they're so amazing. And the story is just so good. And it hits on so many topics of, of just like things that are that, that need to be discussed you know we talk she talks you know there are some trigger warnings for sure so 1000% trigger warnings in this book there's like sexual assault and rape and um some suicidal ideation and things like that and murder and death so be aware of that before you read it um if that's very triggering for you be aware of that but um it just talks of so many subjects of you know i mean believing women uh, you know after experiencing sexual assault or experiencing anything really mm-hmm. taking women seriously finding yourself really and not being afraid to be who you truly are and also that kind of person that's trying to fit into something a society or a box that everyone's trying to put them into and then then discovering you know what no this isn't me it's just in it in the way she writes just you, you're reading it and you're like this is so good and you're like wait this is Lee Bardugo and it's so good. I cannot wait for the rest of the series to come out. She's 
fingers crossed, working on the second book on the series. <laughs> I'm just like patiently, well, not so patiently, waiting for the next book to come out. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved Ninth House. It was just, it was so good. And it took me by surprise. And I, I am just anxiously waiting for the next book of the series to come out. Very fair. Can you give me a synopsis of what it's about? Because I've met several yeah. people who've read the book and are unable to do that. Yeah. So I still, I've heard so much about it, but I still don't know what it's about. So basically it's about (laughs) this girl. She's given this opportunity to go to Yale. As long as she is a part of this kind of like secret society that keeps the other secret societies within Yale on a leash. And all of these houses have different magics, abilities, certain things that they can do, whether it's, you know, necromancy or um, like turning into other creatures or whatever. And so her job, she's learning from Darlington, who's her like mentor in the house, learning from Darlington, how to like control these houses and keep them in line. And so this whole book is that. And during this process, there's like multiple time frames, multiple POVs, um, which seems like it would be terribly confusing. I will say the very beginning of the book is very confusing. You're like, what is going on? Like the first probably like 50 pages, you're just, I have no idea what's going on. And then it makes sense, but just keep reading, like just keep going. Yeah. It's so good. And you know, there's, you know, a murder mystery that's going on. She's trying to figure out how to kind of maneuver this world and Yale and college and life. Um, she had a really troubled past. So her past kind of goes into it. Um, and she's also, she can see dead people basically. So the whole reasoning for her being in this house is that she can see ghosts. It's out. There's a lot that goes on in it, but it's just the way that she brings it together, the way she brings the timelines, the way she brings the point, the POVs together is just it's so good. It is so good. And it just, I was shocked. I was shooketh. At how much I love this. Like, I'm not even kidding. I was not expecting to like this book as much as I did. It's really, really good. It sounds wild, but it's really good. <laughs> I think the multiple time frames and POVs would probably explain it because uh, I know my my best friend is currently reading Ninth House. Uh, and I think she was quite early on to the beginning. I was like, oh, I've heard so much about it. What's it about? She was like, I don't know. I'll tell you soon. <laughs> it's <laughs> very <day>. accurate. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was she was fairly she'd only recently started it she, she was just like I'll let you know it's good it's good but I, I don't know what it's about yet yeah <laughs> so I yeah so, so I was just like I was like I'm intrigued I feel like I yeah, need... <laughs> yeah my um, theory is like everybody has it on their shelves because it's Lee Bardugo but nobody's like really read it and everybody takes pictures of it because the cover's really pretty and everybody loves it but nobody's actually gone out and read it it's very different. I don't usually read a lot of like dark academia, but we did it for our book club as our first read. And it was, it was interesting because I feel like a lot of us are big YA fantasy lovers and we were like Mm -hmm. expecting a YA fantasy and it's not, it's definitely new age. There's no like smut or romance or anything in that Mm. aspect, but the storyline is really good and it's, it's very Mm. mature. It deals deals with adult topics. Yes, definitely. So again, trigger warnings for sure. It's, it's just, Oh, it's so good. It, I could go on about it forever. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love it. So, and uh, yeah, again, so patiently, not so patiently waiting for the next book to come out. I have new sympathy for authors who are, are waiting to, who haven't brought sequels to books yet and what they have to go through because I 
follow Victoria Schwab on Instagram and she posts prolifically about sort of how much progress she's made with all of her different writing projects all the different writing projects she deals with and like her to-do list and stuff and I read it and I'm like oh my god slow down honestly yeah. people can wait three years for a book it's fine yeah well that um, was she works so hard it's so impressive well yeah that was with because Leigh Bardugo actually took like she's like took the summer off or whatever from like social media she's like the algorithm isn't gonna like it but she's like I have so many projects going on she's like I have you know the second season of of Shadow and Bone they're turning Ninth House into a tv show and she's writing the second book and she's like and I have a bunch of other projects going on I'm like aside from running two tv shows and writing a book she has other things and I'm like I can't even imagine I, I that yeah stress <laughs> what about you Tatiana okay what's your second what's your second book are we continuing on with this Lee Bardugo train or are we um, hopping off no I I am continuing on with the <laughs> King train though so yeah I read I picked Kingdom of the Wicked I just read this one a couple months ago but it's so good and I think it's like so underrated it's a very YA series there is not a ton of like romance and everything but it's got the good plot building that I like from a YA novel it is essentially about these two girls who are witches and they live on the coast of Italy and their parents own a very lavish restaurant. And in the middle of the night, she, her sister disappears and come to find out her sister was murdered. And there are demons who are essentially the princes of hell. And it's the seven deadly sins that they represent. And she's a witch trying to figure out what happened to her sister. And she has to unintentionally align herself with one of the princes of hell slash demons that everyone has always warned her that are bad and terrible and evil and she's like maybe they're not that bad maybe they are that bad and it's kind of about how her family is very powerful and all the things that they've done to keep these princes in hell all this time and how now they're sort of coming free into the world of people and all of that so it's a twisty turny like windy road there's some steamy men in it and I, yeah I really my head like immediately plot. went love interest in there morally yeah, gray, yeah, yeah, yeah. gray love interest <laughs> and, and like, I, if it, it ends on a big cliffhanger and I posted about it on Instagram and a bunch of people were like I've heard like fan theories and things and someone told me fan theory now I can't get it out of my head and I'm like if this isn't how the book goes like I actually will be very upset <laughs> 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 because it makes so much sense as yeah. to like why the cliffhanger yeah. ended that way and I'm like if anybody wants to know I will tell you. And yeah, I have all your chances. I have Kingdom of the Wicked. I just haven't read it yet. I think I'm no, just no, waiting for Kingdom of the Curse to come out. I have the the like what is it the uh, what is it, like capturing Houdini and or capturing the devil or whatever escaping yeah. Houdini and stuff like that. I only have those two. I don't have the other two in that series, but um, I have not read Kingdom of the Wicked yet. But I've heard great things about it. Yeah it's that's another so stalking jack the ripper is another series that i've it's been on my to like my wish list for forever and to be honest when i first saw stalking jack the ripper come onto my radar i was like nah not interested and then i saw the sequel which i think is is it like killing Dra- it's like Dracula. dracula yeah. yeah um and then i was like i was like ooh interesting they're going through different sort of historical context sort of if you can call it that and I was like mm, interesting and then the third one I was just like okay right I actually am really interested in this because of the way it's sort of going because I was like I was just like I just want to know how all of those like align but Kingdom of the Wicked sounds really really again another one I've heard a lot about but it sounds really please don't tell me the fan theory because I want to read <laughs> I think I want to read it no spoilers 
no spoilers. I, I won't ruin it because that does. But like, if you ever get to the end and mm-hmm. you haven't read Kingdom of the Curse yet, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see when it comes out if that's correct. But like, someone told me that, and I was like, yeah, headcanon. Like, I can't get it. I, I'm like, there is no way that that is not the answer. And if she writes it a different way, I will be, I will genuinely be like <laughs> flabbergasted. Is it going to be? Is it? Is it a duology? Is it going to just be the two of them? I think so. But I, I haven't done a ton of research into it. I just know that I really liked the uh, covers. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'll maybe maybe I'll I'll finish the second one and then I'll ask what the fan theory. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe yeah, I won't give it to I won't yeah. I think it'll it's gonna it's gonna ruin me if that's not the answer. But I don't know. It was really good and like there's so much descriptions about food and it's set on the Italian coast and I think she does a really good job like playing that into the setting and it. it just like makes my heart so happy that it's not set in France slash fake France, which I feel like so many of these books <laughs> are. And I just <laughs> hot take. <laughs> See, no, that's it's funny you should say that because like twenty percent of the reason I love the beautiful Byroni Adit is it's set in it's set in France, and the descriptions of the food are so amazing. <laughs> oh no, it's not set in France; it's set in New Orleans, but like it's heavily French yeah. influenced because like she the French Quarter, yeah. yeah, did a lot of research, and like it's just yeah, a lot of heavy French influences. But I suppose it's not actually France, so you can you can read yeah, it. I like New Orleans; it's nice. <laughs> you can so read funny. it, and it's it's not French. <laughs> See, I love anything French themed, and Tatiana's like absolutely. <laughs> I just I hate things that are like set there so I was very happy that it was set in Italy fair enough fair yeah. enough Italy Italy's a great place to set something yeah they talk about the pasta would... and like they bake like lemon tarts and pizza it, yeah pizza <laughs> and it's it's set when in my head it's set in like Postano and like Capri and that sort of mm. realm of the coast of Italy and you know that's so like glamorous so I love the setting of this there's tons of magic in it um you know we get a little of the witches in the church and that trope which I feel like we all love enemies to lovers a quest chosen yeah. one really good stuff in it why it does go through fight it goes through fads doesn't it just like yeah. there are sort of there are phases where a lot of the books coming out to you they're set in the same kind of location or they've got the same kind of theme so that we'll, we'll pass yeah. the french phase soon it's fine Hopefully. <laughs> yeah we'll <shall> see <laughs> yep <laughs> I just finished like Serpent and Dove and then I read Gilded Wolves and I was like, okay, I'm out. I'm, I'm done with it. And then I read like Addie LaRue and I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> like, it's just too much. It's too much. Uh, yeah, for me. <laughs> Addie LaRue. I, I mean, okay. So Addie LaRue, I read, was it last year? Yeah. I feel like it was last year. I read it last year. Um, It got a good rating just because objectively I could see that it was like, objectively it was a good, well-written book. It just did not chime with me the way it chimed with everybody else on the planet, apparently. (laughs) 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 That's very fair. I just just read it and I got to the end of it. I was just like, right, well, I know it deserves a good rating because I know it's well-written. It's well-researched and it's, you know, objectively it's good. I guess I just, I just watched about 50 million videos of, booktubers crying over it and I just yeah. didn't understand why I wasn't one of them. <laughs> we I will get like, to that in a minute actually <laughs> uh, hot take hot take no I agree um I don't agree actually <laughs> that's my third choice uh, but no I, t- I totally see where you're coming from yeah it just I just think I was just like you know what I just think it was built up too much in my head and I was expecting something and yes. then when I read it I was like yeah we'll we'll get to it let's do that so what is your third choice okay so my third choice it's really difficult because I like I got some I had some really good reads this year but I think I have to give it to City of Brass by S.A. Chakra 
40, which I think is ch and not sh, but I apologize if I've pronounced that wrong. <laughs> um, City of Brass is one, again, I've got, I feel like I've got some proper, some like backlist books because none of these are recent releases at all. This, this is what I mean. I'm about, you know, five to seven years behind the rest of the world <laughs> when it comes to reading books. But City of Brass uh, was one that had been on my radar for ages. It's one that I'd wanted to read for ages. Um, and I eventually read it this year because I joined a book club and someone proposed a buddy read for it. And I did not keep up with the buddy read at all. Um, but I definitely finished the book because it was really good. And I really want to read the sequels. And I just thought it was really well done because I think year before last, maybe beginning of last year, I don't know what is time. Um, I read the Rebel of the Sands series. And whilst that is fine by Alwyn Hamilton, this book was everything I wanted Rebel of the Sands to be. Um, it just it just did what it did but better <laughs> and I I just thought it was really I think the world was really well crafted I thought it was interesting I really liked the protagonist because um she was sort of morally gray but also she was a survivalist at her core very sort of sort of Katniss Everdeen and that she just really wanted the system to work for her she didn't really want to revolutionize the system that wasn't really what her goal was at the beginning um I took me a while to get on board with the love interest because even though I spotted it a mile off because he was the first new character we met and you know it's the in YA novels it's the Scooby-Doo rule the first person you meet who's not in the gang is usually the love interest or the person behind the mask um so I kind of I saw it immediately and it took me a while to sort of get on board with it but when I was on board with it I was like yeah makes sense I like it um but the way City of Press ended like where it leaves you uh was traumatic <laughs> because all of the characters are kind of uh it's just it was just really you know tried to do the tablecloth trick everything fell off the table and 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 you don't know where it's gone and I was just like I don't I don't know what happens in the second second book like I just I don't know <laughs> and um, there were some twists that came at the end that again I just didn't see coming um which is unusual because I've read a lot of YA and for the most part I can you know I can give a sketched overview of what's going to happen <laughs> in a YA trilogy you know in each book but for this one I, I genuinely no, I'm not sure and I don't even know where it's going to end and to be honest with the way it's set up at the moment it can't end the way I want it to end which immediately makes me want to read it to see if she somehow makes it end the way I want it to end <laughs> um so yeah I just City of Brass was really really just good and I want to finish it and it took me a while but I finally tracked down a a, a UK hardback <laughs> of it and it took me so long and so much haggling on Depop I had to <laughs> I had to be very charming and 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 plead um because you they're like gold dust UK covers of the hardback of City of Brass um because all of the book boxes did amazing um editions of them especially with that particular cover which is the nicest cover <laughs> um, and so gorgeous <laughs> it, it really I mean I was I'm disappointed that I wasn't with Goldsboro when they released all of theirs because their editions are amazing and also worth so much money on it I don't think I'd have I don't think I love the book but I don't think I could have kept the series if, if I'd if I owned those editions because the the amount of money they are worth now is ridiculous 
ridiculous. <laughs> I would sell it for half that and be happy. That's wild. That's a trilogy, right? It is a trilogy. Yeah. So the next one, I think, is Kingdom of Copper. And then the last one is Empire of... Oh, no, Empire of Copper. And then the last one's... Oh, one's Kingdom of something and one's Empire of something. And it's Gold and Copper. Yeah. Gold is the last one. Copper is the second one. I forget. I think it's Kingdom of Copper and Empire of Gold. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to read them. But I'm trying to read all of the books I own before I buy new books. Fair. It's not, it's not going well. Um, also fair. <laughs> We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I was like, I just need to start at the top of my bookshelves and make my way down before I mm. rent anything from the library or buy any more books. And then I bought a book yesterday. Yeah, I have a notice <laughs> above my board that makes my husband laugh every time he comes into my office. And it says, reminder, you're on a book buying ban, pre-approved exceptions, existing subscriptions, existing pre-orders, your book buying trip with Beth on the 10th of July, which is already coming up. <laughs> that is so funny. I that is amazing. That. I need I that. Need that. <laughs> So I still get my subscriptions because I know if I cancel them, I will not be able to get back on them again for months and months and months. And that's the only reason I'm keeping my like Illumicrate subscription at the moment, because even though I don't massively like I'm not really keen, then yeah, I know as soon as I cancel it, they'll they'll announce one of my anticipated releases and I won't be able to get a copy. (laughs) So, yes. But apart from that, I not on that. Not that's fair. I love that for you. <laughs> I, I keep trying to do that. And then I'm like, well, I don't have this one and I probably should get it. And it's on sale. And <laughs> is it worth it? That's yeah. Yeah. My brain is like audible doesn't count. No Kindle books don't count. So then I'm just kind of shooting myself in the foot, but yeah, totally fair. I'm that's like, library books don't count. Count. yeah, library books don't count. Okay. Like I need to stop borrowing them and reading them. <laughs> So that I could just read the ones I have. <laughs> I haven't read this series yet, but I have heard a lot of like really good things about it. And it's another one I think that's like making a good comeback. So it's good to know that you like it. I'll, I'm going to have to add that to the list. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely like a lot of backlists sort of things. I, okay, so I don't follow book talk, but I see a lot of um, jokes on book Twitter usually at BookTok's expense, more to do with the fact that a lot of a lot of BookTokers are quite a bit younger than most of the people who've been on BookTube and Book Twitter for a very long time. Um, and the what the definition of underrated means <laughs> tends to be the uh, the point of of the joke. Um, but yeah, I don't think I need to get BookTok just because I'm I'm really scared that if I do it's just gonna make my problem with my phone and my problem with buying books like a hundred times worse so yes <laughs> never ending that's very fair bookstagram is uh is yep. also yeah yeah it's not doing me any favors <laughs> <laughs> that's funny kirsten what is your last book on the list this one i'm so excited about i saved the best for last um which isn't surprising at all but uh it is red white and royal blue i obsessed 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 with this book um I read it again another one that I didn't expect to love as much as I did um it is a standalone which breaks my soul in two million pieces um (laughs) but this is a book I like finished I set it down and was like looking at fan art for like hours because I was like I don't want this to end um I Alex is, love Alex, which no one should be surprised that Alex is my favorite character. Their relationship is so great. It's so wholesome. Henry is just, 
everything. Love him. He's so sweet and kind. Their friend group is just so supportive and so just dynamic and fun. Um, the parents, I mean, everything, there's just so much that, that boils into this book and it just, it's written so well and it just, it makes me so happy. This is another one that's going to be like a comfort read for me just because it gives me all the like happy feelings every time I read it. So <laughs> yeah, Red, White, and Royal Blue. That's my, that's my third and final installment. That was going to be on my list, but I texted you and I was like, I know this is going to be on yours. So like, just want to double check. <laughs> We're not talking about the same book. <laughs> Light obsession. Yeah. I think you love it more than I do, but it was definitely a, a good read for me this year. Have you read it yet? It's another one I've heard so, 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 so much about, like, honestly, endless amount. I vaguely know it's someone from the British royal family who ends up in a relationship with someone who is in American yeah, politics. It's the president's son and the and the prince of England, essentially. Yeah, of course. Equivalents. Yeah, um, so- <laughs> it's like young royals, you know, like, yeah, that kind of thing. I, yeah, I definitely, I think... I want concept. to read it. I think I want to read it. I just, I don't know what has stopped me from reading it. I, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know whether I originally came across it when the original Prince Harry and Meghan Markle stuff started happening. And I was like, you know what? I feel like we've got a real life example of how this doesn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I think that one issue that I kind of have with it is like some of the stuff is a little cheesy as far as the politics and like the political aspect of it is and I think I, I mean I've never been to England but I think that part of it is a little cheesy and how is they it, write is like, it written by someone from America yes and right. even though like American politics to me was a yes. little like much get it in the times that we're in now but it felt mm-hmm. a little bit like that part of it was really unrealistic and the way that they like handled yeah coming out to the queen that was also like very... it was a very it was a very like idealistic look at what the situation would be we, like it, we like, like wishful thinking yes it was but it's just like definitely a feel-good one there's so much humor I laughed so hard <laughs> at this book I just like there there are some scenes that I just literally I was like crying I was laughing mm. so hard and it's just there's so much emotion in it and you get so much emotion through just all the different characters and everyone like none of the characters pull away from the story. I felt like everyone fit in perfectly. And um, yeah, it was just, it was, it's all from Alex's point of view. So you just get his point of view. You don't get Henry's, but it's, I just obsessed with it. I would be interested to read it just to see how British royals are portrayed by an American author, because I find it varies greatly. And even people who are very very clued into the royal family probably know more about them than I do I just find that the perception of them is very different (laughs) from the other side of the ocean than it is here (laughs) strangely though I spoke to my mother-in-law today and uh, they were visiting London and um she mentioned that they were going to go past Buckingham Palace so I was just like oh you know is the queen in and um (laughs) And she was just like, oh, there's a, she's like, I'm not sure there's a union flag up. Um, what does that mean? I was like, oh, that means she's not in <laughs> because they put up a different flag when they are in. But I was just like, this is a strange conversation that you'd never have anywhere else on a Sunday in August. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that. awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that part of it, it would be, I was cringing at some of the political scenes and things, but I think they did a good job and it's interesting 
for a very fake portrayal of American politics also. So if you find that interesting at all and how that's both of them are portrayed, I think it was good. But yeah, I, I really liked this book. I think the characters were yes. hilarious and she did a really good job with the writing style and everything. I'm interested to read her other books. Yeah, yeah. I find American politics really interesting, but um, I do kind of feel like it's like my favorite TV show that has gone on hiatus because I basically hear nothing these days. Um, be, be, which is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're very happy about that, but I was... Yeah. Um, I, I listen to a, like a specific BBC podcast that covers American news and politics and that sort of thing. And they have gone sort of on break at the moment because they usually do this kind of year, but this time of year, but also because um, there's there's less to talk about. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> apparently. The reality chilled. TV... Yeah, the reality TV aspect of American politics is over since it's not an election year anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I found that was one of the things that I found really interested about the Kingmaker on the previous one, because they do talk a lot about politics. And there is I find it interesting, especially when politics are discussed in books, because obviously they're very much the author's perspective. Like there's the, the, the author's point of view of that. Like there's no way they can detach it and make it completely different. Well, I mean, like detach their own perspective from what they write about, even when they've got opposing views like they do in um, Kennedy, uh, Kennedy's book. So. I, I found that really, really interesting because there is definitely opposing views, but from the same, it's just, it is interesting. And there's like, like I say, there's a presidential election in there, which is also interesting because the main character is like a campaign manager. That's her job. So it's kind of a completely different angle on it as well. It's just, yeah, I Red, White and Royal Blue, I've heard so much about. It's definitely well regarded i think i just I, th I think i need to stop going on social media about books because um when i see so much hype around something i just it almost as if it's like guaranteeing i'm not going to read it for five years tatiana's the same way she's like i don't it's trendy i don't want to read it <laughs> yeah no it's too mainstream i've got to wait until it's like niche and no everyone's read it and all of a sudden like, you know it's like retro <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh i now i finally read it or like i want to be the first one to read it i, I never like to hop on a trend but here I am hopping on like every yeah, trend. There's no in between. You're the trendsetter or you read it like. Like way after but, everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I guess we could get into my yeah, last that. one. So my <laughs> last <it>. one <laughs> is, this one is very trendy. So I don't know, bad on me, but um, I chose The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Huge fan. This book, I read it at the beginning of this year or like a couple months ago. And I'm re-listening to the audiobook now and it's still making me sad and like giving me a lot of feelings. So I, um, it's just, a, it's quite the book. I don't know. I think about this book every day. I don't know. I, don't, I have like so many feelings about it, but I don't know what to say. I, I really liked it and it's not typical of me. And I cried in this book, which never happens. And it was very briefly. And I will like say this always, but I was talking to Kirsten about it and I was like, it's a really, really good book. Like, I think it's, it makes mm -hmm. you think. And I, there were some things I wish I would have gotten from it. I think what was missing for me was a lot more about her past. I think you go from, you know, the 1600s to 2014, and there's very, very little in between other mm -hmm. than some brief mentions of the darkness, et cetera. So I think what for me was lacking was I wanted to see more of like the historical aspect of it, but I just think about the concept of like her life and how as, as soon as you don't see her, you forget her type of yeah. thing. And it, it's just, it was such a wild ride. So I, I like it. This yeah. is probably my, this sounds really neat, but this is probably my favorite Tatiana crying in a book, like 
story ever. <laughs> like, like she I was like, me. oh, it's not that sad. She texts me. She goes, I'm almost done with Ayla Rue. I have like 50 pages left. And I was like, oh, did you cry? She's like, no. I was like, oh, I heard a lot of people cried in this. And it was like really, really sad. She's like, I mean, it's kind of sad, but like, it's not like I haven't cried. And then like, what, an hour later, she's like, <laughs> I'm crying. I was I like, single tear rolling down my cheeks. Like I read Henry's last chapter and I was like, I just wasn't anticipating it. I think so heavily because I kind of feel like I, I feel like you, like I know what the story is about and I knew like, and you just know where it's going to go. And it, it was such a YA novel to me. And I was like, I think I know where this is going to go. And then we get to that last chapter of like Henry's POV. And I was like, wow, that, that was sad. Like that wrecked me. And I was just like silently crying, like many tears rolling. I wasn't like sobbing, but it was, it was very dramatic. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think because I knew it couldn't end well, just purely because of the absolute droves of people I'd seen crying on the internet over the book that I was like, I, I feel like I'm being really callous saying that but it's like I, I honestly like in the space of in the run-up to me actually read because this is one of the few that I've actually read when the trend was happening because I was I hadn't read anything for a while and I was looking for something to read and then I just it was like over a two or three week period every single day I would see at least three videos of different people talking about how the book had like sort of destroyed them emotionally and I was like I feel like I just need to read it out of morbid curiosity because I don't cry very easily yeah, like at Me, all. I never yeah same. yeah so I read it and then I actually found like the parts that I found like quite difficult to read were quite early on because I mean I did read that there was some trigger warnings and that sort of thing um towards the beginning and then I won't say it but uh basically when some of the things that she has to do to survive towards the beginning they really really like upset me I suppose more so than the ending because it just felt like a very steady decline of like innocence and just it's like it it felt like she kind of lost nothing for a really long period of time and then all of a sudden she just lost everything in like one fell swoop and it and I found the beginning parts probably harder to read and sadder than I found the end parts mainly because I was just like I just got to the end. I was like, I can't see a happy ending for this, even if, even in the best case scenario, there was no happy ending for this. As much as I enjoy Luke, because he is just like, this is why I read. Okay, so I don't have bad. So (laughs) in real life, (laughs) with real men, I can I understand red flags and I don't go anywhere near them it's very very simple this is why fictional men with fictional red flags exist because you can just live vicariously through them and not get hurt whatsoever it's amazing but the issue is when I'm reading I was reading it and I was just like I was like this is not healthy I just (laughs) and that's why I think I liked it so much because when I was reading through it I was like I I was thinking about if I don't know I don't really like usually put myself in their shoes but I was just Mm -hmm. thinking about like all the things that she did and it's like she does such a good job of writing impossible situations and realizing that like she is crafty and does a really good job of like getting herself out of them. But it's so sad. And it was like, I agree with you. Like the beginning was like, I think really heart-wrenching. I liked it, but I don't think it appealed to me in the same way that it appeals to a lot of people because I think, I don't, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, but I think the main overarching theme is re- being remembered and legacy. Yeah. And that is what she's angling towards and I suppose for me on a very very personal level it isn't one of my core values yeah I think I think there's something to be said for you know making impact while you're here 
but at the same time like the idea of having changed the world forever simply by existing on it is just not something that's ever appealed to me on it so for me a lot of what she sort of her in a her in a dialogue and a lot of her in a torment just didn't touch with me because I'm just like meh yeah yeah I didn't love the ending (laughs) either like that one was just kind of I get it because it's a standalone but I was like this could have just ended a very different way and that's why I thought at that point Mm -hmm. why I was like silently crying because I thought that was where it was going to end and it doesn't oh yeah I think it should have ended that yeah it should have just that should have just been it It should have been heartbreak turmoil and we're done but she tried to make it a a semi-happy ending and it was like when when you don't well well it never works when you do that and yeah ask anyone who's ever read the epilogue of the infernal devices trilogy it's don't do it just don't it's better to just not do the epilogue (laughs) it's um I will forever wish that I did not read the last infernal <laughs> 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 devices yeah. I could have lived my entire life and not had that happen it would have been fine um <laughs> but um yeah with I think just with yeah I just I just thought it's such things. a wild concept and I just yeah. I I haven't read any of her other books yet so I would be interested to read a darker shade of magic and that series and see if I like her writing style is what I like but I just it was one of those ones where it felt like there was nothing that was filler I like I said I would have liked a little bit more of the historical aspect of it yeah. to kind of go through everything I mean sure I I kind of I get it and I don't but because like she she only had so much it's a big book it's there's a lot of pages yeah. in it as it is it would have been interesting I would be maybe interested in like a, a collection of short stories of her in different sort of historical context I'd be yeah I would be interested in reading that I've just double checked on my goodreads I did give it four stars because like I say when I when I read it I got to the end of it and I was like even though this hasn't like really got to me I can say objectively it is a well-written unique well-structured book I've not read this book I find it really interesting that it's almost impossible to find in bookstores because it transcends that many different genres like they don't know where to shelve it because is it historical fiction? Is it fantasy? It doesn't really fall into YA, but because of the author, it appeals to a lot of that audience. And it's a very difficult one to play. So when I actually went to go and buy a copy for my friend for her birthday, um, because I was like, she's going to love this. (laughs) I I read it and I was like, this isn't for me, but she is going to love this one. So I got her the the nice blue cover copy. And um, I found it really hard to find. I had to go and ask someone. I've never had to go up to the counter at Waterstones ever because I, I know where my books are. But I went up to her, I was just like, I've been looking and I don't know where you've shelved this book. Where is this book? <laughs> um, so I definitely think she did. She did something really unique with it. And she is even herself, the author, um, is like in awe kind of of the impact, the, the response that it's had. Yeah, I remember, I feel like I was with you when I saw it Mm. on the Instagram train and like on the Mm. internet where it was really hyped up right when it first came out. And I was like, what is this book about? Because like, I don't, I don't love the American cover. I like the UK cover a lot better. Mm. And I was like, but they're so different. What is this book about? You know what I mean? And, and then when I read the synopsis, I was like, that sounds silly. And then I read the book Mm. and I was like, this has ruined my life. (laughs) I think for Kirsten's benefit, I would say, um, if you love a, a lovely Henry, then there's there's a lovely henry in this yeah it's it's, it's very it's very you and it's very me it's very morally gray (laughs) like villain type character and a very knight in shining armor 
yeah and I do to be fair though I do really really enjoy the fact that even on Night and Shining Armor isn't like spotlessly clean because I when I was reading them I think when I originally read him I was like you know what I really like him he's a very he's a gem caster's guy that's that was my immediate reaction um I'm just like but when you kind of get to know him a bit more I'm like I'm just like oh he's actually an interesting three-dimensional you know not completely flawless character and i'm like i really yeah. like this it's it's he's very well like i say it's just it's in, it's incredibly well written which makes it really difficult for me to be like i'm sort of sat here going like why are you so bleh about this book but like i just <laughs> am i just can't i can't explain <laughs> yeah if you like characters that are kind of like start in the beginning you're like oh he's just like kind of like the goody good the goody two shoes the golden retriever etc ninth house darlington is that way yeah he starts off very he, he starts off that way and changes throughout the book and it's his character his, it's a lot his, like that it's a lot yeah like yeah. That. yeah i think really as a good. main character addy's a bit of a an acquired taste as well because she's yeah, she's right she's she, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was thinking more because she kind of epitomizes the she's not like other girls trope and <laughs> because it, it, that's that's like the plot of the book like but i feel like she's one of those people like i want to be her like she seems so oh, cool and you're like sh- she is a great character to project yourself on as well because yes. she yeah. is there are some characters that are empty and they're just just they're just empty and then there's some characters that aren't empty but you can project enough of yourself into them that you can see yourself in them pretty much no matter what um and she's like it's really good I like I like characters that kind of make you feel like you are in it as opposed because then you've got obviously incredibly strong characters that you, you either know you either all like them or you're not like them and there's, there's there's like no in between for it but yeah it's incredible it's well written it's the only Schwab book that I've read I've never read anything of hers before because yeah, same. yeah. I've I have so much about it but I have a darker shade of magic and I have Addie LaRue I just have not read any of her books and mm-hmm. I've heard many a good things about her about her writing and her books I just the TBR is endless guys yeah. it is endless I had Vicious on my T. I've had my Vicious on my mm. TBR for years and years, and probably probably nearing. A, I don't know how long it's been out, but like probably nearing a decade at this point because I just remember it being on the list for so long, and I never got around to reading it. I've owned A Darker Shade of Magic. I've loaned it unread and not had it back, so I'm gonna have to buy it again. Um, <laughs> so that's a people don't do that to your friends. If they loan you a book, give it back. <laughs> big 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 pet peeve of mine I've had I've had that happen a couple times like y'all give the books back it's not nice yeah so it's just I'm I, she's an author I definitely want to see more of just because like I say it's just she's just it, just it was so well written and it's very pretty like I've got the Illumicrate one that's gray and it's got white like flowers on it so yeah, do you have it. any honorable mentions for 2021 we don't have to like go in depth but if you have a list no okay I have I want to put you on the spot. Okay, yes, I have a few. I have, there's a graphic novel called Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, which is the second volume in the Jupiter Jet series. I really, really like this series. It's really, really good. I really enjoyed the second installment. I have supported both of the books on Kickstarter, so I have very nice signed editions and I love them very much. Um, but Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio has, I, it, <laughs> it's just got such a different vibe to the to the first one and I just I just loved it it's just it's just great I can't wait they're supposed to be five volumes so I will happily throw money at all of the kickstarters that come afterwards um, 
I'm big fans of the authors as well because they both I sort of got introduced to them because of a podcast I have um Ashley Victoria Robinson and Jason Inman both very talented writers and I've read pretty much everything I can get my hands on of theirs that they've written and I just they're just excellent so I can't wait for them to carry on Jupiter Jet's story uh second one Supernova by Marissa Mayer because I finally 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 finished the Renegade trilogy this year um it took me forever but I got there I nearly nearly made this one of my top three ones just because I I I, I could definitely see the ending coming I, I can't say that thing yet. I just because I watched so much, so many superhero movies and, you know, I'm just sort of familiar with the genre. I knew exactly what a lot of the plot points were going to be. I was surprised by some of the things that, some of the ways that they were resolved. Um, and the, the, the ending was left things open to interpretation. So I will, I'll be interested to see if she does end up continuing the series. I don't think she will, um, but I do, I think it was a nice, uh, satisfying ending to the trilogy and I did really enjoy it. And then I think my last two ones are both from Bridgerton because I read all of those this year <laughs> and these were my favourites. And that's When He Was Wicked and Romancing Mr. Bridgerton because they are Michael and Colin and they are my favourites. So I love Colin. Colin is yeah, everything. I, I love Colin. He's my favourite brother. Yeah, Colin's my favourite brother. I just really liked Michael because the I, the... I just he's just yeah just you know like literally 10 years the 20 years however many years it was by the time they actually got there in the end I just I like the you know never loved anyone except the one person they can't have trope it's just amazing and then Colin I really really enjoyed to be fair actually I think the reason I enjoyed both of these I don't know if it's indicative of me getting old because I used to hate it when when characters got together later later in life and I'm like late 20s is not later in life but like by YA genre standards it is because most of them meet each other when they're 16 and I just get really irritated with the install of kind of thing after a while and both of these are like romances that are hard won over many many years and they take a lot of character development to get to and I just really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the the idea that, you know, you it's never too late. And just because, you know, you've loved one person doesn't mean that you can't eventually, you know, find happiness somewhere else as well. So I just, those two were my favorite of the whole series. Um, I, I did finish it eventually. The last two weren't like, yeah, they, they were so-so. It was fine. I liked the, I liked the concept behind Hayekin's story, even if I didn't yep. necessarily like the execution. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what? Uh, so I don't know which ones, which installments are they? Um, but number four and number six in the Bridgerton series. But yes, those were my honourable mentions. But I was very lucky this year because I've, I've been very lucky so far this year because a lot of my books have been quite good. Yeah, that's always nice when your like reads are just like you're like yeah i had a really hard time choosing i really did, I did too. what are I your actually, honorable mentions Kirsten? i don't really uh, <laughs> eh, um i don't know there's so many i didn't think about honorable mentions because oh. i was like i i just picked the top three that came yeah. to mind that were like immediate so let them go <laughs> i know you have many uh, honorable I, mentions, I had a really hard time even as we were recording this thinking back and forth like which ones i wanted to pick I feel like, I don't know, 
mine was also like red, white, and royal blue. I definitely would put that on there and the ninth house, but you already talked about them. So I didn't do that. But I think for me, kingdom of flesh and fire, the second one of the from blood and ash series where I was at, at that time was a really good read. Now that I've read crown of gilded bones, it's probably not, which is why I didn't put it on the list because as the Mm -hmm. series goes on, I'm not like a huge fan of where it's going. But at the time, Kingdom of Flesh and Fire was a really good one. And I would say Legendary by Stephanie something or other. I don't know her last name. Legendary, which is Garber? the second. Garber, yeah. Which is the second one of the Carball series. I haven't read Finale yet. So I don't I don't know if maybe I'll hate the series at the end, but I haven't gotten that far. But I really, really did like Legendary. It's one of those ones where like, I, I feel like I saw the twist coming. It was like watching a train wreck. You know exactly what's going to happen, but still gives me like all the feels, you know? when it's just like a swoon romance type of nonsense that's just that's a so typical YA it's a circus type so the first one is like her sister essentially gets kidnapped and it's and she has to go like find her on this carnival that lasts like a week Mm. and then the second one the other sister is sort of like the one that was kidnapped in the original one it's her Mm. POV now and it's kind of like her I don't know yeah going off and about and it's a different circus it's the same uh, carnival troupe but it's in set in a different setting it's set oh. in a city instead of like on a forbidden island they like moved it to the city and it's lots of like tarot cards and magic and carnivals and yeah you know, I remember it was big kind of thing. I remember it was big when YA was going through its circus phase um with you know the night, night circus, circus and, yep, and yep. <laughs> caravan. I haven't read the night circus. The night circus is an acquired taste. I enjoyed the night okay. circus. I I did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like what you've described, ninth house, in that um, it moves a lot of time periods, and they're very hard to keep track of. I essentially can't. I'm useless with dates, so I just kept track of them by c- context. So yeah, you can kind of tell once you've sort of read a few, like a paragraph or two, and you can tell what's already happened and what hasn't already happened based on what you've already read. Um, it's definitely interesting it's kind of like and I didn't know this at the time because I hadn't watched the film but it's kind of like the prestige ah, I don't like that movie sort of uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like that but also um, yep. not like as dark I would say yeah it's not as dark as the as parts of the prestige I have a hard time yet. with that in the same way I have a hard time with little women where it's like I don't know when we like switch back like can you just put on there the time and date so that's why I've been a little hesitant to read the night circus because Carval is just clean cut. It's it, lots of magic and, you know, I would animals. have enjoyed night circus more if not the same. Yeah. Um, if they'd just done it in chronological order, but I've yes. learned from Erin Morganston herself that that is just not the way she writes books. She she's written another one, the starless sea, which I've not read, yeah. but I've got the copy of um, she's very sort of, I want to use the word like ethereal like she just she's got a very unconventional in a good way way of structuring her stories I think it's just it's a bit out there it's a bit different I do I did enjoy the night circus again kind of like Addie LaRue I think it was built up so much for me by the time I got there that even though when I came out of it I was like objectively can tell this is a really good book came out circa like 2012 so not yeah, sure where yeah. life came from again like it's, <laughs> it's such an older book but I've seen it a ton and so I was like I got Carval as a gift mm-hmm. and I was like I think I'm gonna start with this one because so let yeah. me read this 
I think I was impressed by Night in the Night Circus because it had a penguin vintage classics or something or you mm-hmm. know the ones that sort of say vintage and then it has the surname of the author at the top it was vintage vintage Morganstone so when I found out it was a really new book like 2000s yeah. but I was kind of impressed that it had been given such sort of great esteem I suppose around yeah. that time so yeah uh, the Night Circus is, I think it's worth reading if you're in the mood for a circus novel. I just have not been in the mood for a circus novel since I read time. Night yeah. Circus. So. I loved Water for Elephants. So I was like, okay, I'm in this. I'm like, I'm, I'm very ready for that. But yeah, it was, it was really good. I think it was, uh, mm. it was quite the, it was quite the read. And I, I don't know, it's just one of those ones where like, I, I love a good smutty book, but I think sometimes we go back and it's like when it's, she does a good job, I think of making you feel that like in the pit of your stomach, you want them to be together. Like, mm. you know, that like romantic feel mm-hmm. and how it's like not done in a cheesy way not done in an overdone way I think she does a really good job of making you like fall mm-hmm. in love with the characters and feeling the like emotion and turmoil that they go through and Carval is really good but I liked and her name is escaping me I like the main character in Legendary better and all the things that she goes mm-hmm. through and it's it's really I don't know it, it's not great yes. it's not like the best book I've ever read but definitely up there I don't think it gets enough love <laughs> yes I think yeah I've not read any of Garba so I can't really that's fine <laughs> <Got it. laughs> you're not missing a ton I just like honorable mention it was pretty good I liked yes. it a lot I need to read finale she has another one that's supposed to be coming out that's like a spin-off of the series once upon a broken heart but yeah what about Kirsten did you come up with your honorable mentions I, I did not um, <laughs> no pressure I, actually, I just wanted to no chance. I would say honorable mentions probably one for me is definitely Crooked Kingdom for sure I absolutely I love that book I my favorite Grishaverse so far, but I absolutely loved Crooked Kingdom. I'm trying to think of what else I read this year. We read a lot of like Sarah Kim recently. Do so. the ones we talked about like in your episode too. I was thinking about it because I, I was like, <laughs> we talk about the Raven Cycle, but we already talked about that. So yeah, I'm like trying to think about what Except. else we've we've read we've read in the past. So I was I spent a lot yeah. of time looking at my Goodreads trying to decide that so I could like objectively pick my actual top three not just like the ones I've read recently that <laughs> made me emotional. made an impact yeah yeah love that love that yeah. yeah I I did that I went on my my read this year list on Goodreads and I sorted it by rating and I was quite surprised by how liberal I've been with five stars this year I was like oh you've been very generous <laughs> <laughs> yeah I might have given but... that five stars so I need to change that <laughs> <laughs> That was just like uh, coming off the high of reading that. Yeah, book. <laughs> just, just, just it was a, it was a rash decision. It was, yeah. it was early hours of the morning. You, we weren't really looking at you at the phone. So I, I think that it. kind it of wraps it up for all of our questions and honorable mentions and everything. Do you have anything else you want us to add? Where can we find you on the the inter- internet? Interrupts. On the internet. Uh, well, you can find me at my podcast on at Books to Last Podcast, which is found where most other podcasts are found mainly Spotify and Apple podcasts um and then the podcast itself is on Twitter and Instagram at books to last pod and yeah that's you can find me in all those places that's where I talk about books mainly because I am a bit more (laughs) eclectic with my personal accounts so wouldn't want to sell um bookish content where realistically very little exists 
very That's fair. Good. Well, awesome. If you guys are not following, follow, like, subscribe, leave us a review. We are on Instagram and TikTok at Bookish Banter Podcast. If you guys want to follow us over there and we'll link all of your stuff in the show notes so you, you can find Books to Last and all the info on that and her Instagram page and Twitter. So you guys can go ahead and follow along there. So I will make sure to link that in the show notes below. Yep. Thank you guys and- for hanging out. Thank you for joining us. Next week, we will be covering the ninth house. So we didn't talk about it this this episode, but we'll be covering it more in depth next week. Um, so tune in for that episode as well. We had a lot of fun talking about that book, but thank you for joining us this week. If you want to give us a shout or a recommendation, please uh, slide into the DMs and let us know. But other than that, I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Uh, we will see you next week when we discuss ninth house. Thank you, Jordan, for joining us. We appreciate it so much. Um, we had so much fun. We always love talking talking books with you. So, thank you so much for having me. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs>